Greg Olson, the uh, former Orioles closer, and he mm-hmm. pitched for a number of teams, including Buck Showalter with the Arizona Diamondbacks, joins us right now on our um, live casino studio hotline. How are you, Mr. Greg Olson? Say that again, Stan. I'm, I'm not hearing you very well. Okay. I was asking how you're feeling, Greg Olson. I'm good. Downtown Baltimore right now, walking around trying to find a quiet place to stop and talk, but I guess it's power washing day downtown. <laughs> well, you, you could get the power walk-in with the power washing going on. That's yeah, right. power washing doesn't make for a nice quiet breakfast. Honor, let me ask you this. What was your impressions of uh, Aaron Brooks last night after he took over for uh, for Blyer after those two innings? Oh, he was really good last night, and, and you know the, the reports that I had had on him were you know they hadn't seen that come from him yet. He's had maybe what one good outing, yeah, and uh, so they were waiting to see everything get put together. And last night he put it all together, and it was a really good change-up. I, mean, I love this change-up. And uh, location on his fastball, and I was told that his you know, velocity was usually 90-91, and he was 93 most of the night. Well, so that, he, was, uh, that was encouraging to see for him, and, and hopefully he can continue to build, build on that. Well, the other thing that he got, and you can appreciate this, was he had tremendous defense uh, behind him last night, and that's something we haven't always been able to say about this team this year. You thought that defense was good last night? Uh, yeah, just a little bit from the second ba- <laughs> from the second baseman and the center fielder in particular. Yeah, no, they they were really good, and well, you know what I mean. The 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 thing has been all all season is that we don't have any you know plus runners out in the outfield other than Wilkerson, and he's the second baseman. Right, and so you you got guys. So the the defense has to play deep because they don't want to give up the doubles, and and, uh, and so we haven't seen you know a whole lot of great outfield play. We've we've seen some plays on the infield for the most part, but yeah, to see Austin Hayes coming out there and and flat out fly and play some great defense, and he's made a couple special plays the last two nights, and then Alberto. I still think his play was better than uh, Hayes was, but Hayes was more timely. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it's interesting this summer, uh, I, I, hadn't th- I hadn't really focused on Orioles outfield defense the whole season until the 89 team came in, and every single one of you that came in that media room where we were all talking to each of you mentioned the outfield defense in 1989, and it reminded me of just how horrible our outfield defense is this year. Um, and Austin Hayes is like a breath of fresh air, uh, adding some speed to an otherwise just a uh, not a competent outfield. Well, it's not, it's not that they're not competent. It's just they're, they're, not, they're not that fast. That's a good way to put it. Yep. And so you got guys that are average runners out in the outfield. Well, the Orioles have chosen to play them deep and not and not giving up doubles over their heads. Well, then everything in front everything in front falls because they're not going to get to it. Yeah. And so you know, I was of the belief that hey, you know what? If I give up a double off the wall, that's my fault. But if I get a broken bat pop up that my left fielder is so deep on the track that he can't get to, that's your fault. Yeah. And that's more it's more demoralizing to me to watch a, a good pitch fall in front of 
a deep outfield than a double go off the wall on my own mistake. Cal Jr. probably put it best after the 88 season. He said, all of a sudden in 89, we had a bunch of rabbits out in the outfield that could catch anything. <laughs> oh, yeah, and they were, I mean, the, the 89 guys were challenging each other, you know, one-upping each other on, on who could make the best defensive play. You know, Finley, Brady, or Slack was unbelievable. The dive, you know, diving side slide that you can't figure out how he ended up where he got to, and but the ball was in his glove. So I didn't care how they did it, and it was it was fun to watch. And you're start, you're starting to see a little bit of it with Hayes. I got to ask you a question about Aaron Brooks. Last night at the, um, you know, there's there's sort of one new position that's been invented in in pitching because of the opener, and that's the whatever you want to call it, the bulk guy after the first two innings. For a guy who has trouble in the first inning, is that possibly a good position to think of Aaron Brooks as a a guy that you have an opener start the first two innings and maybe he just comes in a little looser because he's not really starting the game? You know what? That's one theory I was trying to figure out last night, and I, I really couldn't. I was wondering... You know, does the nerves of knowing that Blyer's going to start all day, does he have, you know, the, the starter's nerves all day? Right. Or does Brooke, does Brooke keep him? Brooks keep him? And I, I couldn't, I, you know, I, I don't know. It would be a question to ask. Yeah. I mean, my, never... my amateur psychology tells me that if a guy continually has problems in the first inning, maybe, maybe it's not a good idea to have his first inning be inning number one Maybe you try and change that up a little bit, and I think the opener, conversely, I watched Tanner Scott, who I think you'd agree, Greg, has a major league plus-plus arm, but psychologically, he does not have the stuff to be a, 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 a high-leverage relief pitcher. To me, the perfect place to put him would be in the first two innings. Well, then conversely, you go the other way on that one, and he is erratic within the strike zone. Right. Do you agree with that? Yes. Now, you, the last thing in the world I want is my first inning getting blown up by four walks. Right. I understand that. But I, my, so, sen- I my, gonna, sense is, my sense is you'd be attempting, you'd make a short attempt at seeing if that loosens him up a little bit that he's just told that day, hey, you're starting tonight, you know. But you sort of plan. I agree with you. Yeah, I, yeah, I totally agree, Stan. I think uh, that it might might be a way to to get Brooks cleaned up a little bit and get over whatever first inning issues. Yeah, and then have you know maybe have Tanner Scott and have somebody else behind him ready. Yep, and see if he can you know put things together a little bit. So I, it's not. It's just a different. It's a different world, and, and I, I like the fact that Brandon Hyde's willing to go. Yeah, you know what? We just threw this at the wall, and you know it was going to be. It might have been Blyer unless he pitched, and then if Brooks pitched the other night, then we were going to do this. And I was like, I, I love that. Yeah, I do too. That that he's willing to just to go. Hey, this is kind of the plan, but if it doesn't go that way, then I'm 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 going to go something else. I mean, if you look at the Orioles' projected starting rotation, and we're all keeping our fingers crossed that the club will get something in the next two years, especially next year, out of Alex Cobb. It's not a given, but you're hoping that. And then you got Means and Bundy. So how do you get the other two starters? And I don't think the club right now, 
given their rebuilding situation, is going to spend a lot of money to bring in a starter. So I think you got to be creative with those other two spots. And I think an opener and a bulk guy one day a week or every five days is one way to try and accomplish that. Yeah, it might be. You know, it might be if you got a guy that, like Brooks that needs to just get the first part of the game alleviated from him and let him relax. But it, you, you have to have, you have to have a guy that I, I guess, I don't know what they're calling it followers. Yeah. And you have to have that guy being the starting pitcher because you can't go you know, one out every five days and do a, a bullpen with five guys. Right. Cause you'll get them, they'll get wiped out. And, uh, so, I mean, it's not a bad theory. I was looking at you know the lineup last night for the Mariners, and it's got six out of nine lefties. Right. And I was going, man, perfect world. You could bring Tanner Scott in here, and he could run through the order once. Right. And wipe out their, you know, wipe out six of the nine guys. Um. But it's just it's not done that way in baseball, and and you know then you lose those two guys for most of the series. So that's why it's not done. But it was an interesting kind of. Wow, you really could kind of devastate this lineup by throwing some lefties at it. Now, now I forgot when we drafted, when the Orioles drafted you in '89. Had you ever started games in college, or were you always a relief pitcher in college at Auburn? No, I started my freshman year. Couldn't handle the, the college way of you know throwing on Saturday, and then I might get an inning on Tuesday, and then throw again on Saturday, and. You know, basically playing once a week. Um, didn't play well with my mentality. So I went to a reliever my sophomore year, and I actually I was actually a starter for the USA team in the Pan Ams just because they had, felt like they had a better closer. Right. Um, who was who was that at the time? It was Chris Carpenter out of Georgia. He was a fastball cutter. Could dot the eyes, and I and he only had two pitches, and I could I pulled the change up and a slider out and had four and. Is that the carpenter that ended up with the uh, Cardinals? Yeah, he ended up with the Cardinals. Yeah. Got probably five or six years in yeah. relief, and um, actually the punter for Georgia as well. So pretty good athlete. Where did you learn the curveball, and to be able my, to throw it as effectively as you did? Oh, uh, my dad! Uh, my dad taught it to me when I was thirteen. I was only allowed to throw it once once a game when I was thirteen, twice a game when I was fourteen, and. Um, and you know, eighty and me, eighty times a game when you were twenty four. <laughs> well, taught me how to spin it right, and um, then I got to college my sophomore year, and and you know was trying to dial up the velocity on it, and couldn't figure out how to do it, and then I started shortening my stride, and the shortening of my stride created more body tilt, and I was able to I was able to throw a curveball as hard as I wanted to throw it, now, and that was where. It, and, you know, maintained its depth and. No, and so I was, was kind I, of. I was just trying to figure out whether it was something somebody taught you, or was it something you learned on your own, or just how that developed. And I'm glad you said your dad was the guy that did it. Yeah, and uh, I still use some of his tricks in teaching guys curveballs with you know two. Sorry, two That's baseballs okay. taped together. Um, a, a coke can. You know, I was flicking that and trying to make it go top to bottom mm-hmm. and uh so I, I still use some of his tricks on teaching curveballs and yeah it was uh it was homemade 
How are you? How are you settling in? This is your second year that I know of that you've been doing some broadcasting with the Orioles. Have you been able to uh, do other work too, like with uh, some college games, like Ben? Yeah, I did. I haven't gotten as much in the uh, the SEC. They kind of got their guys that have been doing it for a little while, so right. I've been able to to break past them. Um, I'm hoping the ACC network takes me in. And I can do some work with them, but you know, but that would be great. Love, to, love yeah. to do more with the Orioles. It's always fun to get back here. Got to, got to get more cable uh, subscribers or cable systems to be uh, picking it up. Picking it up uh, that ACC network. Yeah, it's supposed to be online now, I believe, for the football. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know how it's going, but yeah, that would, that's the, that's the idea right now. Just trying to figure out, you know, just trying to get more games for next year. Is broadcasting at this point in time for you your sort of chosen path, or would you still like to get back into uniform and help a big league club? Um, you know what? I would have said broadcasting, but over the, the past month, I took the uh, gra- undergraduate student assistant at Auburn University, so I'm helping with the pitchers at Auburn. And you really found that entertaining to you? You like it? You know what? Yeah, it's days that, you know, I the other day I was just, uh, you know, dragging after class and, and not a great night's sleep and kind of dragged my butt into the, uh, the the locker room. And then as soon as I get out on the field with, you know, these college kids and they're playing catch and it's just like I'm reinvigorated again and talking baseball and trying to get guys to work on some things. And, and uh, you know, that, that part of it, it was kind of surprising because I was like, I didn't know, you know, if I was going to just drag through a couple hours of practice and all of a sudden energy picked up and I was excited to be back out there. So I don't, I don't know what to tell you. You know, it's interesting. Do you think that the curveball is being taught up, uh, correctly at all levels? Because the pitch doesn't seem like it's as popular now as the slider, the four-seamer, the cutter. Uh, it just seems like it's about the fourth or fifth best pitch for most pitchers today and it seems like we could be primed to make a comeback on that pitch and who better to teach it than Greg Olson well thank you um honestly the curveballs was going away is going away because it's hard to teach it's hard to learn and it's not something that I can just I could hand you a baseball and and you could you could start spinning a slider right away right um just the concept of the curveball takes a little bit of time. That's why, you know, I got to have some toys to, to show them how to spin it right. And that's the two baseballs, t- you know, taped together. Uh-huh. And, and so they could start understanding the hand placement. And that's, that's the only reason it's just hard to teach. It takes, it takes some time to learn. You can't just pick it up, you know, in a bullpen today. Is, is that, a, it is an easier pitch on the arm than the slider, isn't it? If thrown, if thrown correctly, um, yeah, if thrown correctly, yeah. There's there's not one one ounce of stress on the elbow. If if a pitcher goes out, a starting pitcher, and he throws ninety to a hundred pitches, how many can he throw? How many can he spin effectively in a ninety pitch outing? Can he throw it thirty thirty five times? I think he could. I think you know the the ability to throw 120 pitches is getting away from everybody now because everything that they throw is a high effort, high velocity pitch. You know, you get, you get a little bit of a break by throwing a change up, 
you know, you're, it, it doesn't take the stress on your arm of throwing a changeup or throwing a curveball, something where I'm, I'm throwing something at 80%. Mm-hmm. And it's almost, almost like a non-pitch, you know, but nowadays everybody's got hard and harder. And I just, that's why I, I think you're just seeing guys run out of pitches at, at 90, 100 pitches. Just max effort on everything. Yeah, yeah. Otter, let me ask you this in terms of and to get away from pitching for just a moment. You've been around this team some this year. Trey Mancini, here was a guy that had such a tremendous first half, then after the break it seemed like whatever he did in the first half. Like you hit a wall for like, a while. Like you hit a wall for a while, and the average I think dropped to like 263 or whatever, and he was really struggling, and all of a sudden he found it again. He was named the most valuable Oriole yesterday or the day before. Uh, what do you see with him in terms of not just the production this year, but going forward and how he can build on what he accomplished this year? Well, I think, you know, everybody kind of hits the wall. It's a long season and you run into the dog days of August or, you know, late July when you recognize your team's out of it. And it's, it's hard to be a selfish player, but that's kind of what you have to do when, your, your team's so far out of it. So I, I can see him hitting a little bit of a wall. Almost everybody does. And I've just been really encouraged watching him this series and last, you know, a little bit last series that, man, he's he's gotten hot again, and it's right at the end of the season, and you just love the fact that he's you know picking up the energy again. Um, building forward, I don't know. I mean, you, you can – Hope he works on some defensive skills so that, you know, they can keep him on the you know, corner of the outfield or, or first base. You know, we got a, a glut of corner infielders. So you'd like to see Trey maybe out in right field. And then um, offensively, man, I don't know what you do any differently than he's doing. You know, 34 home runs, 90-some RBIs. And I, I laugh every time I see somebody put a shift on him. Mm-hmm. I'm going, where are you shifting? <laughs> yeah, because he hits uh, most of everything he hits when he's going well is to right center field. Yeah. And then right down the right field line the other right. night. And I'm, I'm, I'm just like, why you got him pull shift in the infield? I was like, who's the genius that does that? Because he'll just easily spray one through the, you know, 43 hole to right field. Right. On anything that you throw away. And it's a danger if you go in too much, he's, he's going to spin it out of there. Uh, so I don't I don't know what offensively I, I just hope he maintains. Yeah, you've gotten to watch uh, Michael Givens uh, up close. Uh, you know, you're not doing eighty ninety games, but you probably watch some Oriole games on TV as well as the games that you do. W- what's his best position in a bullpen? I think he might be a, a good eighth inning guy. Yeah, seventh inning guy. Um, you know, great guy. He's just has shown that the ninth inning isn't his. Yeah. And I don't think we've found that guy yet. And it might be Hunter Harvey. We saw just a glimpse of him. But, you know, Castro's a little erratic with the control. You don't want a guy out there that can lose command. And uh, But stuff-wise, Castro's got the best stuff around. So I, I don't know who the back end's going to be, but I, I would probably, you know, have given – Seventh, you know, mm-hmm. eighth. 
And what are your thoughts on, and I know the guy I'm going to ask you, you go, well, he got racked the other night. But uh, I've been impressed with Dylan Tate other than the other night. You know what? I didn't think he was that bad the other night. It just, there was a couple pitches that I was questioning where they were. Yeah. And all of a sudden the inning got away from him. But the stuff is there, and it looked like he was he was fine in that situation. Yep. It was just. You know, there's going to be nights where you don't get a couple calls and all of a sudden there's a walk and things just kind of get away. And he's young enough that I can't blame him. Things got away from me when I was 21, 22. So, you know, it is what it is. All right. He's Greg Olson, one of the great relievers in Oriole history and now part of the Orioles radio broadcasting team. We wish you nothing but the best. Um I love the idea of you teaching some uh, young Oriole prospects how to spin the curveball. I love that idea. Oh, I'd love, I'd love to, I'd love to help out, and and uh, I've offered. Just you know, now I'm back a little bit more. Maybe. Yep. Maybe we can get something done. All right. Hey, it sounds great, Greg. I'll see you at the park tonight. All right. Thanks, Dan. Thanks. Thanks for coming All on. Right. Really yep. appreciate Take it. Take care. All right.